Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. This is the interview so many people are excited about. This will be the first interview that we have had in Adoption Now with a birth mother. Today, we have Brittany on the show. Thank you for coming on Adoption Now. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's very brave of you to tell this story. I know it's not easy. Yep, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the very beginning. So you were 15? I was 15, yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's talk about your story. Sure. Um, I was 15 when I found out I was pregnant. Um, I'd actually written a note to the birth dad saying, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. I don't want to have an abortion. It was two pages, really like long, heartfelt. I had it in my pocket. Um, my dad had given me some money to go purchase something. I gave him the change and unfortunately gave him the note with the change from my pocket. So I went to school ready to give my note and I can't find it anywhere. So I get home from school. My dad is at home with my stepmom at the table. Do you need to tell us anything? <laughs> Did you realize that you had no, handed your dad I had no the idea. note? I just, just was like, that? oh, I left it at home. Yeah. So I get home and they're like, do you need to tell us anything? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. Are you pregnant? And li I just remember like laughing because I was so, it was, I was shocked of just like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> um, and so that's kind of how my parents found out. And so not ideal, but that's where we were at. And so. Um, it was a long conversation that evening of just, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, I'm not ready to be a mother, obviously at that age. And so, um, uh, we just talked through different options and, um, I knew abortion wasn't an option for me. And so, um, they went on to talk about adoption and I was not open to the idea in the beginning, um, uh, because I just felt that I could do it. Um, with their help and um, that just wasn't an option for them at that time either and so uh, we started talking more about adoption over the next few days and they approached me about going to a home in Virginia um, that's a maternity home through Liberty University um, and so I went there and still didn't have an open mind really towards adoption but realized that that was my only um, outlet really and so I started looking through um, the scrapbooks and stuff that people have made and um, trying to figure out, you know, what is the best family for my baby. And so that's a really hard thing to do also of just like your pictures are pretty and the things you say about your family are nice, but um, it's hard not getting to know them and they don't let you meet them, of course, because that would be traumatizing for both people involved. But um, eventually I had found a family and... Um, was a few days away from meeting them, and my dad had called and said that he found a family for me. Um, and so hearing that, again, was kind of, I uh, didn't really feel at that time that I had made any choices really for myself. It was kind of good. What grade were you in? Um, tenth grade. You were in tenth grade. Mm -hmm. How far along were you when you told your parents? I was almost four months. Okay. And how long after did they send you to this place? It was like two weeks. Did you quick. feel upset that they sent you away? Or I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you wanted to stay home? Yes. So I don't think that that happens as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that um, birth parents do meet adoptive parents and it's kind of changed along that way. But what was that home like? 
it was very nice. I still keep in touch with the, some of the girls that were there and a few of the staff members. Um, it was basically just a big house. Everyone had different rooms, um, and girls went into labor every other week, you know, and it was just kind of like, oh, there's babies. And then um, some did adoption plans there and some parented. And so they kind of led you into both directions. And um, so we had class every day on like what parenting looks like and what adoption looks like. And so they offered both of those choices. Um, And so I, you know, I was only there for a few months before I ended up coming back. What happened to the birth dad? Um, he's still around here. Um, they No, I mean, at the time, did he know or was he like, I want the baby too? Were you guys still together? We were still together. They, um, my parents um, ceased all communication with him um, once that they found out that I was pregnant. And so um, I, when I, when I went to that home, you know, I couldn't speak with him. And then um, when my dad found the family, then there was the next steps of him having to sign his rights away and stuff like that. And so um, I wasn't a part of any of that conversation. I think my dad met with him and his family and stuff. And so he ended up signing the papers. I know from now speaking with him after all of that, um, it was really hard decision for him. And he um, didn't, he wasn't really for it either. He kind of thought, you know, we can do it. He had some older siblings that had both have had children at young ages. And so um, he had kind of seen it done before. And so um, I think it was still really hard for him. I think still emotionally it's a little bit different because um, I know the names of the people who have her and get pictures randomly, you know, and he doesn't get anything. And so I think that's a rough spot for him. Okay, so your parents, I'm just kind of uh, just baffled right now that you were in a home. And so you're kind of at 15 years old, you're trying to make these choices, um, really big adult choices. And you want to keep the baby, but they're pushing you into adoption. When did you kind of have peace to say, okay, this is what I'm doing? I think it was more of this is my only choice. And so um, I can choose to want to parent and not have anywhere to do that and no finances to do that and no home to do that in. Um, so that's not really a life that I would want for my baby. And, um, so I think it, it was like, this is my, this is it. I just have to be okay with it. Okay. So your dad chose the family. How did he find them? Uh, I think it was through a past, um, connection that he had. Um, I think he kind of called people in time of trauma of just like, this is what's happening to me. And so, um, one of those people had a relative that had just lost a baby. And so he had mentioned, you know, I don't even know if they're open to the idea of adoption yet, but it's worth a shot kind of thing. And so, um, I ended up meeting those people on my 16th birthday. And how far along were you then? Um, that was in November and she was born in January. So, okay. So you did meet them Mm -hmm. a couple months before. Mm Mm-hmm. And did they fly out to Virginia? They did. And how long did you spend together? It was just a night. Um, we maybe three hours. What was that like? Honestly, I don't remember it. I remember, you know, them coming and us meeting, and they had brought um, some pictures of their child that they had at the time and a few scrapbooks like I had already been looking at and stuff. And so um, I remember thinking that they were nice. And that's kind of it. Um, We had actually talked about that earlier this year, the adoptive family and I of just, um, I don't remember what that was like. And so I think now being involved in a lot of 
adoptive parents' life and getting to hear birth mom stories and stuff like that, I just apologized to them because I was like, I hope I wasn't like mean to you or ugly to you. Like there's a lot going on <laughs> in my life at that time. And so um, I hear things now about birth moms that I'm just like, oh, why are they acting like that? And so I just kind of apologized to them of like, I hope I wasn't like that to you. I just was in a rough spot emotionally. <laughs> You're so sweet. All of us adoptive parents are like, oh, I want our birth parents to be that sweet. (laughs) But the truth is, is that you're put in a really tough situation. You want your baby, but you know that you can't keep your baby. And now you have to hand something that's so valuable to you to another couple. And so you kind of feel like even though they're nice, you don't feel like being that nice to them. Sure. So, I mean, that's a, that's fair. I mean, you're so sweet to apologize to them, but I think in all reality is that you know, there's a lot of emotions involved. There's a lot of loss involved. And you, like I said, you're trying to make really adult decisions as a child, really. And you you stop going to high school or do they keep that up? Uh, when I went to that school, they do like a homeschooling thing. Um, and so then um, I left there in November and then ended up coming back here to Colorado. And um, my parents homeschooled me then. Who paid for that Virginia school or is it called a school? A maternity a home. home. A maternity home. Um, I, I mean, I guess, assume my parents did. Did the adoptive parents have to provide anything for you financially? I believe all they paid for was like hospital bills. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I was kind of out of all that. <laughs> right. So do you remember meeting a lawyer or an agency? Yes. The adoptive mom's father was an attorney. Oh, that was convenient. That, that is convenient. So did you have to do a certain amount of hours as far as counseling, or were you doing that in the maternity home? Um, I remember doing some counseling sessions there, but I didn't do anything um, afterwards or anything like that. So I just am, am really shocked because I can't even imagine saying to your parents already, I, I'm pregnant. Like that alone is overwhelming. And then two weeks later, you're kind of shipped off to this maternity home and now you have to make a really hard decision and you didn't want to give your baby up. You wanted to keep your baby at at 16 and now you find a family though that has loss and so your baby is going to kind of fulfill something for them. How did you process all of that? I think it was just um, knowing that this was a decision that I had to make Um, and when I was pulled out of that home and like this is the family you're giving your baby to, it was kind of like Okay, it is. Um, And so, you know, meeting them, they were nice. And um, I could see that their heart was really, um, you know, still, I think, grieving the loss of their baby. And um, I didn't know, you know, I didn't have a face with any other family to be like, oh, okay, then you shouldn't have them because of this or anything like that. And so I think it was just kind of like, okay, this is what's happening. See you when she's born. Okay, so January comes. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're nine months pregnant. Yes, she was actually due um, in February, but they wanted me to be induced so that they could be here um, like when she was born. And so that decision didn't overly thrill me either. But I understand that as adoptive parents, you know. And so um, the mom was in the room when she was born and um, they didn't want me to like hold her or have any kind of connection there with her. So she was born and they wheeled her out into a different room that they already had prepared for the adoptive family. How old are you now? 26. You're 26. So 10 years ago, this happened. Mm -hmm. Looking back on that, what would you have done differently? 
Mm, that's a deep one. I think um, as far as the hospital day or the whole process? Well, the whole <laughs> process, but mainly the hospital day. I think knowing what I know now, I, I mean, the Lord has just really put uh, many people into my life in Arkansas now um, just to show me um, just how great adoption really is. And I think when I was 16, I didn't know really anything about it. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm giving my baby away, the end of story. And so I think it's just been really um, comforting to have adoptive families in my life and knowing different birth moms now um, just to see how great it could have been. At 16, I didn't, I wouldn't have imagined that I'd be 26 talking to you about how great adoption is, you know. Um, and so I think just knowing um, how happy she is and stuff like that. I wish I would have spent more time with the adoptive family and maybe just asking questions or um, talking through life with them because they didn't really know me either. They knew me for three hours in November and then in a hospital room and they were there for three days and they left and then I haven't seen them again. And so I think just kind of getting to know them on more of a personal level, I wish I would have done that. Um, and just wishing, I don't know, I think wishing that she could know more about the person that I was then through them, if that makes sense. So that she could tell your daughter? Sure. Yes, ma'am. So do you wish you would have held the baby? Of course. Yeah. I wish that. I mean, and I understand why, you know, they were hesitant. And I think with her dad being the lawyer, he's seen all the ups and downs of um, different things that have, could have gone wrong. And so I think they were just very leery of kind of any bonding or any changing of my mind or anything like that. And at that point there, I mean, I couldn't have changed my mind. This was what was happening and this was a decision for me. And so I just wanted to hold her, you know, but yeah, I, I will say to encourage you if it encourages you at all. Um, when we adopted Vivi, I was there also and they had the baby, they cleaned the baby up and went to hand the baby to her. And she said, I'm not the mom. And she handed the baby to me. And that was the first child that I've held, like, right after she was born. It changed me and bonded us together so quickly. And that birth mother gave me a huge gift because she had the right to hold her baby. She could have done anything she wanted in the first 48 hours. It was her choice. And the fact that she handed Vivi to me, I'll never, ever forget it. So even though you didn't have a choice, I'm sure that the mom held the baby right away to her was a great gift. Sure. Mm -hmm. I know I, I, I can see it. The look on your face is just pain. And I think that that is one thing that we forget about in the adoption story is that we love to tell the story about getting the baby and the joy that you have getting the baby. But every adoption is born out of loss. Mm -hmm. There's loss somewhere. And so hearing your story in your heart that you loved this little girl, this was your baby. And, um, that you wanted the parents to know you don't just care about the baby care about me. That is something that I hear across the board is that birth moms are saying, care about me, know me so you can teach the child about their birth mother. And also this is not because I don't love the child. I, I deeply love this baby. Sure. You know, wouldn't you want to encourage other birth mothers and how would you say that in a way that an uh, adoptive family would understand? I think um, I think maybe even after you go through an adoption once, 
with a birth mom, whether that be a positive or negative experience, you can learn how you would do something differently for the next one. Um, And I think there are obviously many different types of birth moms, ones that want to be involved and ones that don't or ones that really want to be in every step of your life when you're like, no thanks, you know. And so I think just kind of talking through all of the wishes that the birth mom would like to see and then kind of meshing that with what your wishes are and just having those be open from the beginning. Um, I've met a lot of adoptive kids my age now that just have no desire to meet their birth parents because they don't need to. They have, you know, their adoptive family and they're perfect with that and that's fine and that like secretly breaks my heart and I'm like, no, just try to meet them. She might be thinking about you every day, you know. Um, And so I think just knowing um, the wishes of both parties will just help, you know, everyone involved know you can come to birthday parties or we can do a visit once a year or if you never want to see us again, you know, that's it. I think that that is a level of having a relationship with the birth mother. There are some people who say, well, I can't have the birth mother over because she's a drug addict or, you know, we don't trust her. Those types of things don't allow that. But if the birth mother is as kind and sweet as you are, um, including them in as part of your family, we always say that in adoption, you adopt the whole family if they'll let you. Mm -hmm. And if they don't let you, that's one thing. But if they will be open and if you can have a relationship, you will know them. I have so many things that I can tell my children because we took the time to get to know our birth mother. I have so many, there are so many times I look at them and I go, oh, that face. Mm-hmm. Or they have told me something about their past and I see my, you know, my child do it. And I'm like, oh, I can see your mom and that I can see your dad and that. And I know them personally. And so it helps parent you know, and so I, it, one thing I hear you say is that you wish you would have gotten to know them more and you wish that they knew you more and you're the person you are. Sure. And they might have tried. Like, I, I don't know. I think maybe trauma like blocked that out of my mind a little bit. But um, I, I mean, it was just quick. Like the three days in the hospital are, you know, they go by so quickly. And I mean, I'm not the same person I was when I was 16 anyways. <laughs> so, right. Um, I am definitely looking forward to one day there being um, a meeting between all of us again. So she's 10 years old now, mm-hmm. this year? Yes, ma'am. And you do get pictures of her and you have seen her grow up? Yes. Um, initially, um, they sent every six months like a little packet of different pictures and kind of like a little blog update on what was going on in her life. And then I think that lasted for three years. And then they did um, like a yearly update around Christmas. Um, and then uh, maybe when she was like six or seven, it just started being like a Christmas card. Um, and then two years ago, I asked about becoming Facebook friends uh, with them. And it was just kind of like, if they say no, they say no. But if they say yes, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and so the dad said yes. The mom said she would rather not just she lives her life you know, through Facebook often. And so she would rather me be friends with the dad. And of course I was thankful with anything. I was like, okay, great. So I spent, you know, days just going through every picture that had been posted the last (laughs) seven years. (laughs) Right. Um, And so that was really fun just to be able to see her grow up and um, just how she's always smiling. And um, the adopted mom ended up having twins not too long after she was born. And then she had another one a few years after that. And so 
They have five kids now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, I mean, she's deeply loved and um, cared siblings. for by her siblings and you can tell that they all, you know, adore each other. So that's always good to see. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Brittany about her life after she left the hospital and really picking up the pieces as all birth moms have to do that after they hand their baby over to another family. Stay tuned. You're listening to Adoption Now. I'm April Fallon. Eagle is tuned to Colorado's Mighty 670, KLTT. Hi, this is April Fallon with Adoption Now. Mark your calendars to join Adoption Now at the Justice Run, Sunday, October 2nd. Run to fight human trafficking. You can run a 5K, 10K, and don't forget to bring the kids. They have a great kids run, along with a lot of activities like face painting, bouncy castles, and prizes. October 2nd at Hudson Gardens. For more information, go to thejusticerun.com. Adoption Now will be there, and we hope to see you there, too. Faith and Family Radio, KLT Denver. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we have Brittany, a birth mother, who gave her baby up for adoption 10 years ago, and she's brave enough to come on the show and share her story. She got pregnant when she was 15. She gave birth when she was 16. She's already met the birth family. They're at the hospital. She has the baby. No one let you hold the baby. And they hand the baby to another family. They leave and go home. Let's talk about you. Yes. So the laws, at least at the time uh, in Colorado, were I had to carry the baby out of the hospital. Um, and so I carried her out of the hospital. They buckled her in a seat. I kissed her on the head and we left. Um, so that was a terrible day for me. <laughs> um, and just kind of like adjusting to what does life look like now. Um, and so my parents chose to continue to homeschool me that year. Um, so I had no social life and that wasn't ideal for me either. I'm a very sociable person. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. So your parents sent you to a maternity home to have your baby in Virginia. Yes. Did you have your baby in Virginia? No, she was born here. So you flew back here to have the baby? When I met them in November. Um, the family? Yes. Then they removed me from that home. So I came home in November. Okay, so you did your last two months here, had the baby in Colorado. Okay, and then they flew out in Colorado. Yes. Okay. So um, when I was away, uh, my parents had both um, gotten saved and given their life to the Lord. And so that was, like, amazing for them. Um, but for me, at that time, I came back, and they were heavily involved in church, and I was the pregnant girl at church, and so that wasn't really um, looked upon well. And so um, after I had the baby, I kind of thought things would get better and um, I would enjoy church more, I guess. Um, but it didn't. And so, um, and like I said, I was homeschooled. And um, so I made decisions then that I shouldn't have made as far as friends and sneaking out and doing things to like have my life back again. Um, and so that got me in some trouble 
And so my parents um, decided that um, there was a school in Mississippi that they could send me to that I could still continue my education and graduate from. Um, that would just kind of give me a new set of people and, you know, kind of circumstances to kind of put my life back on track. And so um, I wasn't thrilled about that, of course, um, leaving again. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't think that I would have um, recovered well, um, still staying here and still being homeschooled and not leaving the house and stuff like that. So um, I spent a year and a half um, at that school in Mississippi and um, from there went to college in Florida um, for a semester. That's all I lasted. <laughs> and so um, from there, um, I moved to Texas with my mom. Um, who I hadn't seen since I was nine. She, um, the state actually took me away from her when I was nine due to drugs and truancy and things like that. Um, and so I went back to live with her when I was 19. And so um, life was hard throughout that time, and I didn't really have um, a great relationship with my parents. Um, Wouldn't you say that you were angry and you know, trying to deal with all of these different emotions, it would be hard because at the time there wasn't a lot of resources for therapy or counseling or what do we do with our child after they give the baby away or just in general, birth mothers, what are they going to deal with in the next year? And the grief is overwhelming. And so to try to ignore that and just put you back in school and hope that everything will turn out. I mean, looking back, there's no way a person could have done that. And so the fact that you were kind of spinning out of control was absolutely normal. But how were you dealing with that anger? I mean, did you ever come to a place where you said, I, I can't be like this anymore? Um, yes, I think um, I was away from home for seven years um, before um, we kind of had, I guess, reunification. And so. Um, so after you had your baby, you left for seven years. Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. I went to the school in Mississippi for a year and a half and then college and then to Texas. And so I had seen my dad, um, a few times within that time period, but I hadn't seen um, my stepmom. And so I think, I mean, honestly, I think even still there is, um, things maybe that we haven't like discussed or talked through or, um, maybe have just swept under the rug, um, but we're okay now, I think. <laughs> so, um, really I think it was a lot of just like maturity and Jesus, like, um, it, a lot of things were like hard and painful for me. And I know decisions that I made when I was home was hard and painful for them also. And so I think there was just a needed time away from each other that needed to take place. And, um, just realizing that, I mean, it's not really worth it for me to, like, never speak to them again. Um, it's only, I mean, it's hard for me to not really have my mom in my life or my dad or my stepmom, you know. And so I think it was just kind of a time of, like, what can I do to um, have us be, like, a family again. And so um, I came here, I think, in 2013 for the first time. And so, I mean, that visit was a little rocky of just like oh hey have you been the last seven years good okay <laughs> um and then I've come every year since then and so um I think that there's some things that they would have done differently or maybe talked through differently or um that we just know more about each other now um 
So, um, you know, I think there's things they would have done and, you know, things I could have done differently for sure um, to help aid our relationship. I just think that it's interesting now that you're 26, you're doing missions, you're traveling all over the world, you're working in maternity homes that you were in. Uh, it's very similar. And you're kind of turning it around. You're saying, I know what it feels like to be in this situation and I want to help other people. And that is the amazing part of the story is that you went through all these things and yet you turned around and are angry now. You're giving and you're helping children because you love children. Yes, I do. <laughs> and you just got back from Malawi and I, I feel like you must be so tired. I mean, I am jet lagged yes. <laughs> and, and you came on the show just to share your story and you're just such a giver and your heart is so, um, kind and loving. I mean, I can just tell from just being right here mm -hmm. with you. And I think our listeners can hear that too, is this girl went through an amazing thing, a very, very difficult thing. And yet turning it around to show that your life has value. You didn't just end there at 16 True. or you weren't there to just have a baby and give it to somebody else. You are so much more than that. And so it's so encouraging to me, and I think a lot of people hearing this, is that, wow, God can turn anything around, and he can make a really painful story really beautiful. For sure. Yeah, I definitely have shared that. Um, more recently, I've been just sharing, you know, my story with people, and the whole version of the life before the baby is a whole nother show. But um, I think it's just been so cool to see like how the Lord has provided people in my life to kind of take place of not my parents, but they, um, that they, they've just provided the mother father figure for me in Arkansas to just kind of walk alongside of me and kind of do delayed counseling of stuff from 15, 20 years ago, you know? Right. And so, um, it's just been really a Jesus story, um, in my life and just how, um, after I lived in Texas for a little bit, I ended up moving to Arkansas with a family that I nannied for. Um, and so they really loved me and wanted me to move with them to Arkansas. And I was not thrilled about that, but was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and so I lived there for about six months and then they had a transition of job. And so they moved back to Dallas. And so I wasn't able to move back there. So I just stayed in Arkansas um, and ended up getting a position at a church there in their student ministry um, which when it was first offered to me, I was like, what? No, you don't really know all about my life. Let me tell you all of the stuff in the closet and then you won't want to hire me anymore. Um, but they were just super gracious. And I think that was the first time that I learned, um, kind of what grace looks like and, um, within the church and not everyone is perfect and, um, everyone still can have like emotions and feelings and, sadness and be angry and you know it's not just like everything's fine right. um and so I was able to work there for two years and um just that road was so encouraging of just dealing with teenagers and um having um the experience to talk about divorce and drugs and difficult relationships with parents and pregnancy and just um so many different things that as I was going through life I would have never thought like oh I'm going to be using this one day to tell students about, you know. And so I really loved that time in my life. And I think that really helped me kind of grow as a person. And um, so I worked there for two years and then ended up going to Malawi for um, four months last year. And um, even that time there, I was away and um, there's not much to do in Africa after seven because everyone goes to sleep. And so I remember just like journaling and um, talking a lot through the adoption thing and um, just writing different letters and I think um, just learning kind of how you deal with things and how you cope with things and how um, 
like Jesus knows everything anyways. And so um, just knowing that he has been there with me through all of these things, even when I felt like he wasn't. And um, just now being able, like you said, just to work in the maternity homes and with the children in the children's shelter and um, just so many different outlets that I get to kind of pour out love into. I really enjoy that. Do you think about your daughter? All the time. Yeah. What is that like? Um, most of the time it's all happy things. I think, um, Mother's Day is a hard day and her birthday is a hard day, but, um, I know, you know, like I said, that she's loved and well cared for. And, um, this year was the first time her adoptive dad actually called me on the phone and we talked for about 30 minutes and he was just kind of expressing what the last 10 years had meant to them having her and, I like was bawling my eyes out like, wait, what? Say again, I can't hear you through my tears. (laughs) Um, But it was so, it felt really nice. And he was just kind of saying, as she's getting older, you know, we just want to know where you're at of like, are you wanting to meet her? Do you want there to still be space? Kind of what that looks like. And I'm like, yeah, first opportunity, I'll be there, you know. And so I'm excited of what that um, will look like. And um, I think that will be a whole different world of, meeting her and everything and um so I'm excited for that and just thankful that they have been you know so great for her and for me even though it's from a distance I think I would have wished it could have been more open and when I was even initially looking at families I was looking at open adoptions um and so the fact that it is closed um is not ideal for me either but that's the way it is so What advice would you give for adoptive families right now and how we can love birth mothers better? Hmm. Well, I think actually this year was the first year I saw on social media that there was a birth mom day. I never have heard of that until this year. And so I was like, oh, that's really nice. Um, I think it's just so often that birth moms get overlooked um, and you like get your baby and you've made it through. You've signed all the papers, her time is finally over and then it's like okay thanks and so I think um just reminding them I guess that they're valued um and that they're loved and that you're there for them and you know obviously every situation is different and her needs and her lifestyle you know could be different and that could be a hard kind of road to walk on but um I just think having their involvement even in your life maybe not even in the child's life as they're growing up maybe that can be later but um just allowing them to know that they have some someone in you um i i wish that um for sure that i could have had a better relationship with the adoptive mom i think i have a better relationship with the adoptive dad and i think learning now through other adoptive moms as friends that it's just very it's a hard road for adoptive moms to be the friend of the birth mom with just bonding and, um, kind of, I guess it's a tight line. I don't really know, but, um, I think I just wish I had more of that bond with her, um, to kind of, if exciting things happen in my life to call her or if sad things happen to call her and just kind of have that extension of family because really that's what it is. Um, and so I think just reminding the birth moms that, you know, that they are loved and valued and, um, that baby wouldn't have been there without her. That's exactly true. And it is hard to make that transition as an adoptive mom because it's scary. You know, will they want to come in and parent or will the birth mother um, change her mind and, you know, could we lose a baby? Even though that's not even possible, everything is done. There, There's those things in the back 
of your mind or um, will the child like her more and want to go to her and not be bonded to me? All those things are what we tell ourselves. But I think in most cases when you're really open and I think there's more education now for birth parents and for adoptive parents to kind of have that relationship, finding out what works is can be really difficult and hard. Some people say, no, I just want to throw the whole thing away because it does take ebb and flow and give and take and um, you know, what does she expect from me and what do I expect from her type thing? But I think that just talking about it helps so much. And just to hear you talk about it makes me after this interview, want to call my birth moms and just remind them that I love them. And they did do something so amazing for me. You know, they gave me children. Mm -hmm. They, um, went through the nine months of pain and they let me raise them. I mean, that is such an honor to me that they saw the value in me and I need to be working harder on saying that to them as well. And I, I just think people that are listening right now are just rethinking the whole birth mom um, relationship or even people who are in the process right now of adopting and they're like, oh, maybe I was thinking the stork could just drop the baby off and then we could go on our merry way. And that might not be it. God might have bigger plans for you to really reach out and, and like you said, be an extended family. Do you want to have children one day have a family? I do. Um, I've thought a lot about kind of what that would look like for me. And I think working alongside the foster care um, organization, I guess, in Arkansas, I've just seen so many kids there that are just waiting. And so to me, it's kind of one of those things of like, why would I make another one when there's so many that can I can have That's <laughs> to true. parent, you know? And so um, obviously nothing wrong with having your own kids, but I think adoption just is a special place in my heart. And so I think I would love to adopt over, have my own children, but we'll see whatever the Lord wants. I mean, that would be such a crazy story. Mm -hmm. We'll have to have you on in five Here's more my years. 15 kids. <laughs> That I've adopted, but I had a baby and gave the baby up for adoption. And then later on, you would choose adoption. And guess what? You would be the adoptive mom mm -hmm. and you would have a birth mom. And I think that I, I just can't wait to see how that unfolds because you would be so different. You would treat sure. her so differently because you would know what it's like on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that hospital day might be a lot different for sure. her than it was for you. Mm -hmm. I can see God's hand through the whole story. One of the things that's really, really important to me on the show is to honor everybody in the process of adoption. It is loss and it is joy and it's challenges and it's hard and there's a lot of crying and there's a lot of money involved and things have changed a lot in 10 years True. for adoption. Mm -hmm. But really bringing out stories in the heart so that you can understand where people are from, really understand empathy and compassion and go into adoption with a whole lot more of those two things. I think... Well, number one, cause the child to be more secure. They understand that mom and dad paid a lot, not only financially, but everything. And that my birth mom, or we a lot of people call them tummy moms, they love me too. And this was a whole decision birthed out of love and letting the child grieve that loss of not being with their birth mom. Because I think most children do and they want to know, they ask questions and being open to say, hey, we're here for the conversation. And then with you, just opening that conversation and saying, Hey, here's a different view. And we all need to work together in this to make this healthy because adoption. Now this show was started on healthy adoptions. We just want people to, to have thriving, successful adoptions and to tell their story and to learn from those things. So I just appreciate you being on so much. I mean, I know it was really hard for you to talk about. And I think that that love 
that you have for your daughter really came through even on radio. I wish it was TV so you yeah. could see your face. <laughs> but um, that, you know, that they that you really love your daughter so much. We're going to have a picture of you on my Facebook page so that people want to see your beautiful face. And she just just come back from a third world country. So don't judge. she looks. No, you look great. <laughs> you look radiant. And uh, I just think that it's it's brave of you. And I hope you continue on to tell your story because us parents as adoptive parents, we need to hear it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I was able to come and that we were able to talk about it. And, um, I think one last thing, um, I think even with working at the maternity home now, adoption is such like a foreign idea to the girls there. You kind of bring it up and they're like, Oh, what? No, I'm not, I don't want to give my baby away kind of thing. Um, and so I just, if anyone happens to be listening, that is, um, prayer doesn't really know what to do. I just, um, want to encourage you to research your options and not just kind of hear the voices of people like, Oh, you can't do that. Or it would be so hard. I mean, it definitely is hard. It's the hardest decision I've ever made, but I think it definitely was for the best. And, um, I could have given her a good life, but she has a great one. And so I think that's, what's most important. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thanks. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook and remember all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you so much for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for today's Adoption Now. If you would like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com or find it on Facebook. And join us next week at the same time as we share another adoption story on 670 AM KLTT.